Day seven of the Australian Open on no challenges remaining. I'm Ben Rothenberg, joined again by my dear friend Courtney Nguyen. Hi, Courtney. How Hello, are you? Ben. Yeah, I'm fine. Good. We didn't do a daily show yesterday. A couple little things happened. Uh, well, little, not little for Garbina Muguruza, who lost to Shritsova in the bottom half. Things happened, and Bernard Tomic said some things about Roger Federer, which I know amused you at the very least. Yeah, no. That's something. I just think maybe Bernard Tomic, I mean, I'm all for him saying whatever the hell he wants, because it always amuses me. But I just think that, like, if he does, he needs to use the right words because I don't think that he understands what the word prediction means. Because he was like, you know, I I predict that Roger's not as good as Novak right now. I'm like, yeah, but right now is not a prediction, bro. That's just a statement of fact as of right now. You know, it just kind of undermines your 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 uh, your point. Let's hear from Bernie in his own marvelous voice. Yeah. So Bernie, um, Federer made some comments in Brisbane about you missing out on the top ten by a long shot. Um, last couple of years, what did you make of that? And does, does that motivate you or bother you? Yeah, well, he has his predictions. Also, I think he's very far away from Djokovic as well, if he wants to say that. So, um, you know, if he believes uh, that I'm very far away from the top ten, then uh, you know, I also believe my prediction is that he's nowhere near Novak Stennis right now. So, um, it does motivate me. Also, um, you know, I'm working for that. I'm, I'm there. I'm uh, when I'm playing well. I'm a I'm a top eight player in the world. But my ranking has to get there, and I'm going to work for every day this year until I get to the top ten. It's not just getting to the top ten. You know, I'm I'm going to get there. But uh, it's about staying there for a while and uh, being as consistent. These guys been uh, um, in the last five six years on the tour, and you have your Birdish, your 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 um, your Ferrez, your Nishikori. They've been there for a while. They're consistent. They're they're there for four or five years. So that's where I want to become and. Uh, possibly even be even better after I get there. So yeah, so today came up with the first match of being the pretty marquee match, I think, of the women's fourth round. Uh, Bench at Sharapova came out. Sharapova won 7-5-7-5. Uh, good match? Yeah, good. I mean, good match from Maria. I mean, up and down, obviously, and a bit tight at times. Just trying to find a consistent level with 21 aces. Maria Sharapova served down in two sets against a returner as good as Benchich. That's pretty impressive. That makes you think back to, you know, those... Uh, you know, her epic serving performance here in 2008. Right, when she won the title. Uh, yeah, when she won the title. Um, but, uh, yeah, but at the same time, uh, yeah, there were still some dips and some struggles uh, off the ground as well. But but very good win for Maria Sharapova. Very good result for her to make the quarterfinals here. I think we've said over and over again, <laughs> uh, I think I've said it on the WTA Insider podcast, we're saying it uh, here a number of times. I would pro- probably have been keyed in more to Maria Sharapova's chances of a deep run, and by deep for, for Sharapova, you mean semifinals, finals, if she was not in the Serena Williams quarter. Fortunately for her, she is, and Serena Williams beats Margarita Gasparian without uh, too many issues today and looks absolutely fantabulous. So good. So Serena good, looks dude. so, so good. And Serena... I think gave herself, like said, she, someone asked her if she's 100%. I think she, I forget where this was, so I'm not going to attribute it. But she said she was like 120% or 130%, and she ain't wrong. Yeah, that was the pre, well, actually, yeah. that was the, the pre-tournament quote yeah. uh, with respect to her knee. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it's she's been absolutely, imp- yeah, she, she's backed it up. She's now into the segment of the tournament that we expect for her to roll. You know, there's a part of me that wants to say, let's fast forward to the, the Vika uh, Serena final. 
because I still think that weirdly, and this is a credit more to Vika than to Serena, but this is a credit to Vika and how well I think she's playing. I think she still makes match of this, um, even against a Serena of this form. But that being said, I'm, there's a part of me that's also kind of not wanting to say that out loud because you just never know what's happened, what can happen, uh, you know, what can happen on the other side with Azarenka and Kerber looking like they're they're set for a clash. Yep. Um, bottom section, as you mentioned, uh, without... Bottom uh, section is a yard sale. Yeah. We didn't get to it yesterday, but basically there's a quarter in which one of Kanta, Makarova, Keys, or Zhang Shuai, who I love that she's still in this tournament, and I'm totally here for a Zhang Shuai title if, if the cards are dealt that way. Although, I, weird, that sounds really open, and then you actually look at it on paper, and Makarova and Keys both made semis here last yeah. year. So it feels open. And no, those weren't expected front runners coming into this tournament, but they're hanging around. But Ben, so here's this was a question that was, uh, we were just, not you and I, but I was discussing with a bunch of tennis nerd friends um, who were also working the tournament last night. Who is the person that gets out of that quarter? Oh. Kanta, Makarova, Keys, Zhang. I think it They're is like... They're all... It's, it's it a is, mashup of like any result is possible. It, yeah, I, I can make a case for any of the four, yeah. and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's fine. That's pretty cool. I can't make a case for any of the four beating Vika, but I can right. make a case for any of the four. Yeah. And so that's pretty cool. Um, let's just do a little bit of an audio wrap here. Let's hear from Benchich and Sherbova on their marquee women's match today. That was your first time facing Maria Belinda. What what surprised you about her game or what stood out the most for you on your end? That her scream is not so loud. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm joking. Definitely uh, I was very impressed how she served. Um, probably she's serving the best um, now in this moment. So uh, when she plays Serena, will be ace, ace, ace everything. Um, the interesting match, no, but just in general, like I, I really try to 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 hold the rally and then wait for my chances. And obviously, also when she was serving, wait for my chances. But then, um, yeah, it wasn't enough in the end. Belinda, you beat Serena last year. What advice would you give Maria to try to beat her if she plays her? I don't think I'm in the position to give Maria any advice. I mean, she's a such a champion and obviously Serena too so uh, I mean Serena didn't win yet first of all um, it will be also a tough match and yeah I'm, I'm definitely going to be watching and learning Maria the other day I think 16 aces 21 aces today which is a career high for you have you been working on the serve and, and how happy are you with it have I been working um, I mean I feel like that's something I've been working on a lot since I had shoulder surgery I've gone through many different motions to try to find my groove again and something that would hold up over many matches because that was something that was really difficult was just to, to find a, a rhythm and, and a balance between um, keeping the shoulder not going back so much and because um, I'm quite loose um, to a motion that kind of gave me the chance to play many matches and feel like I was still able not to be tired after three, four tough matches. So, yeah, I think I've made a little bit of a change last year in in the stands. But I think you know everyone always tries to improve things here and there. It's not it's not that big of a deal. We always look to to add those few percentages. What did you think of Benchit game? You saw a lot of young players coming through the years. Do you think this one could be the real deal? Well, I think. She's already proven that. She's beaten a lot of top players. She's won titles already. Um, it's not. She's not coming up. She's already there, pretty much. Um, yeah, she has. A, she has a good game. You know, uh, 
a lot of people compared her to Martina Hingis, actually, but I, I thought from being on the other side that her game was quite different, maybe the same technical aspects, but um, the way that she plays is, is quite different. Um, but she does take the ball early. She has a few patterns that she likes, um, which was nice to finally play against her to kind of recognize those. Um, but, yeah, overall, I mean... I, I don't, you know, I don't need to tell you that. I think her results in the past have spoken for themselves. The marquee men's match of the day took for damn ever, and I've... was so never in doubt. So it just felt, and I was on, I was doing, I was calling it for BBC, and it just felt like the whole match, uh, the fourth and fifth sets. Okay, yeah, of of third, no, of Novak Djokovic versus Shil Simone. Uh, Novak Djokovic, if you had told me today that Novak Djokovic would hit 100 unforced errors and Maria Sharapova would hit 21 aces, I'd be like, go home. Which one is the most absurd? Uh, I think the Pova aces. Yeah, I think so <laughs> But if you, if, you, if you told me reverse that Djokovic would hit 21 aces and Maria would hit 20 errors per set, I'd be like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, um, but yeah, that was a bizarre performance from Novak Djokovic. He got totally sucked into Gilles Simone's web. I mean, he was playing Simone tennis, and it was just bizarrely, you know, non-alpha of him, the whole thing. You mentioned he had 100 unforced errors, but it still wasn't enough for him to lose. Is that, in a way, frustrating for you? What? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... One more time. I, I just keep it easy. I have a plan. I, I know what I want to play. I know where I want to bring him. Today I managed to do it. Some other day I don't manage to do it, and it's going to be a 6-2, 6-2 win for him. I just know it can happen. But I'm just trying to be here the day where I can make it. And that's why I say I was sad I couldn't make it till the end. And the fifth, he was better, but he was not better on the third, for example. And I think I missed a few occasions. Also, I was not better in the fourth, and I took it. So... You know, that's why I say it's it's a long match. It's a lot of points played. You feel so many things can happen, and yeah, try my best. That's it. Are you gonna share your plan with the other players in the locker room when you said that they wanted someone to finally beat them? I know a lot of players want me to win this match. <laughs> a lot of players will feel better with Novak out of the draw. That's normal because he's the best player in the world. Gilles was saying something along the lines of the, the locker room would rather you're not in the draw. Like he feels that in a, in a good way. He wasn't saying it in a bad way, but he's saying Which not. locker room? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I've read that, but I didn't know that he didn't specify which locker room. He was saying basically because you're the best in the world, obviously people would rather you weren't in the draw anymore and the people were backing him. Do you get that sense that... You've already been hunted for a long time, but now it's get, you're getting more and more dominant. Do you get that sense? Again, I don't know which locker room he's talking about. Women's locker room, I'm pretty popular. I know that. No. <laughs> Novak, do you think today says a lot about your desire? Uh, take away your tennis, but the fact that you're still in the tournament. Well, I mean, I, I'm not the only player who, who wants to do well here, but um, the main reason why I'm in Australia and why I'm playing here is because I, I want to do well. So, you know, I don't take uh, 
any moments uh, on spend on the court for granted. I always try to give my best, and uh, of course, the best changes day to day. And today's match is, is, a, is an example of that. Uh, but you can you can always give your effort. You can always be professional and try to fight for for every ball. And I think because of that kind of uh, attitude, I, I managed to uh, managed to win this match today. That was not encouraging for somebody who we said. And I still will say, even after today's nonsense, that it's still his tournament to completely lose. Oh, I mean, and he almost he, did it. If anything, I look at it as this dude hit 100 unforced errors and still won. He's yeah. winning this. He's winning this tournament, and he will come out against Kaney Shikori, I think, with uh, something to prove. Uh, he'll want to put down a, a really a clinical performance against Kay. Uh huh. So I mean, obviously, we know what Kay can do, but. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I I think that it was a bit of a wake up call for Novak. It just came out of nowhere, and you know, and to be fair, that that's what G- Gilles Simon can do, which is that he gives you those no pace balls and forces you to do something with them. And Novak really struggled with that Jill today. Joe played his game to a T. I was just yeah. so surprised that Novak couldn't, you know, take out more of a, a, a baseball bat and just blow him around the yeah, court. That's what was just bizarre. So that was that was discouraging, I think, for Novak. But he gets through. He plays Nisha Corey. Burdich has got through in five against Batista Agut. He looks like he's going to play Federer, who was rolling against his fanboy, David Goffin, as expected. Uh, the other bottom part of the women's draw was actually really fascinating. We didn't get to it before. Uh, but Annalena Freitsam, who I think was the surprise of the complete out-of-nowhere second-week participant of this tournament, even, well, maybe Zhang Shui is more of <laughs> I was going to say. But both, I think they're both in the conversation. Sure, sure. Uh, Zhang, yeah, probably Zhang Shui more. But Annalena Freitsam... Uh, I never would have thought to be even any sort of name to pay attention to in a draw. Ranked 82nd here. Uh, she made fourth round and was up 5-2 in the third on Radvanska uh, before Radvanska came back and, and freed some, started to have some physical troubles, uh, got a time violation late uh, that, for, that cost her a point penalty uh, while cramping deep in the third set. It was up 5-4 and called for the trainer. And it, it wasn't. It became pretty clear quickly that it wasn't, you know, gamesmanship or tightness. Or if it was tightness, it was coming in the form of cramping and it, actually physically hindered her and she was sobbing a bit and it was tough to watch but good escape for Aga who did not seem to really know how she won. Aga, how do you think you got out of that one? Well, good question. Um, well, I'm a bit lucky in the end um, but this is tennis, this is just one break. I mean, the serve maybe was not the key in that match but still um, this is the uh, kind of score that is very typical to uh, to come back, so um, what I had uh, had no choice just to fight till the end and for each point, and um, that's what I did. When you, when you saw she was hurting physically, was it your tactic to to try to get her to run? You know, you started drop shotting her and and then hit a lob. Um. Yes, well, I think um, we were trying to make her run definitely, but. Um, Yes, I think. But anyway, I think um, as we uh, could see, I think the worst for her was jumping. So it means serve. Um, well, just bad luck. I mean, that was definitely the score that you want to be healthy and um, being be hundred percent. And um, uh, obviously, we have to ask really her what happened and why and what's going on. But um, I think just the cramps. But um, well, happened. Physically, how do you feel um, after a, a long one like that and after now the, f- the first week is done? Well, I think much better than her, <laughs> but um, I'm good. Um, definitely playing every second day, it's 
it's it's okay and it's it's not tough. Uh, obviously, this kind of match when you play two and a half hour, of course, it's never easy for next day. But um, I think I'm gonna be ready for the next one. It's not a problem. And tomorrow I'm gonna have a lot of treatment, a lot of rest, and to be 100 percent put off for tomorrow. Do you actually feel better by having had a tough match now behind you, or a bit of a scare? Does that actually make you feel that you can actually get through the second week? Well, uh, to be honest, of course, um, um, gives me more confidence that I won something that maybe I shouldn't um, in the end. Um, but if I have to choose, I prefer two set matches. Um, one hour, 15 minutes is perfect. Um, but sometimes it's not really going your way and you're not doing the right things in the right moments and ending like that. So, But I'm just very happy that um, um, I could win the last point. It wasn't clear to me how she won and it wasn't clear to me how the heck she got herself into a situation where she was down 2-5. Um, she let that first set slip, had a set point, didn't do anything with it, had battled back, I think, from 1-4 down in the first set. Um, against a big hitting Friedsam, who was finding a way to hit through Aga. I think that one thing that did help a little bit is as the conditions got a little bit slower, as uh, night fell, mm -hmm. um, I think that that did slow things down a little bit, allow Aga to get her feet back into it. But you look at the stat sheets on that match, and the numbers really favor Aga in in almost every way. So. Huh. It was it was a very it was a statistically confusing match. I mean, the stats do show that Friedson was trying to take the initiative, lit up the sheet with uh, quite a few unforced errors, but more winners. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that for for Aga, I think that she would have came through anyway. Uh, Friedson had served for it at five three. Aga broke then. Uh, uh, Aga broke to five four and then was going to serve for it at four or say, serve to stay in the match at four five. So she was back in the match. By the time Friedsum was kind yeah. of starting to to have some physical physical distress, but um, so I think that Aga does pull that out. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a good escape from her, a good result to get to the quarterfinals, and she'll play Carla Suarez Navarro, who had a bit of a comeback as well. Yeah. So on Friedsum, before we get to Carla, uh, Friedsum, what really impressed me about Friedsum is that for her to play her style of tennis, which is a pretty aggressive flat style tennis, and do it so well against Aga. After having done it so well in the previous round to beat Vinci out of nowhere, that shows like a lot of those aren't the kind of players it's easy to swing out against. I mean, those are players who make you have really good footwork, who make you construct points, who make you be patient and pick your spots. And she was on the verge of beating Ravonska. So, I mean, in terms of that, it's encouraging for her. I would be interested to see if this propels her to having, you know, conservatively like a top 50 year or something like that. She's just 21 years old. Yeah. So she hasn't really been mentioned all that much. Uh, maybe I think Karina Withoff might have gotten a little more attention in terms of young Germans. Uh, for whatever reasons. And so Friedsam has made a nice little debut for herself here. Carlos Suarez Navarro came back from being bageled for the second time pretty recently. It happened to her in the Miami semifinals last year against Venus, or I think semis, yeah, quarters of semis, something like that. Deep in Miami against Venus where she got bageled and won the match, and she did it against uh, Gavrilova, who was very honest and pressed about saying she was just emotionally fried. Did you want that a bit too much? I guess so. Um, I played very well in the first set, and I guess I was starting to overcook it a little bit in the second and got very emotional and, yeah, I was just going crazy. That's <laughs> something you can learn from going forward, obviously. Yeah, it wasn't great, and I'm very disappointed with myself. I was being a little girl and just... 
Yeah, I'm very disappointed with myself. Um, yeah. Why do you think that you play with a lot of energy all the time? Just wondering where you think it gets got to be too much or too much uh, emotion today. Um, I think yeah, I got emotionally fried in the second set, um, and. Yeah, I was getting angry with myself and just showing way too much emotion. Why do you think that happened, Daria, particularly in the third set? I don't know. Yeah, like I said, probably because I was emotionally fried from playing a lot. Um, and I've never played that deep in, in the Grand Slam, so maybe that's why. You were overawed a bit by the center court and the crowd and everything? Um, no. I was just... It's not acceptable. I don't know why I did that. It was terrible. You lost... I mean, you made it to the fourth, fourth round for the first time. You lost to a top ten player. But you seemed pretty angry at yourself tonight, at least. Yeah. I mean, I played good, um... But, yeah, like I said, the behavior, it's, yeah, I just got to uh, learn Courtney from Courtney, thoughts it. on Gavrilova's tournament, and if Carla can do any damage in the later rounds of this uh, slam. After having a pretty bad slam year last year, she's uh, living up to her ranking and beyond. Yeah, no, I think Carla's got a, a good shot. I think that, unfortunately, she's dealing with a, a bit of a knee injury. Um, she wasn't moving that great against Gavrilova as she started to feel pain in the knee, and she's going to need her wheels against Aga. So, uh, you know, Aga leads that head-to-head two-to-one. It's kind of weird they've only played three times, you know, kind of, you know, mid-season veterans uh, to only play each other three times is a bit peculiar. But uh, but a good Carla Suarez Navarro who who said that, um, and it's interesting because not a lot of people have been in her press conferences um, throughout this week. Uh, most of it, it's been me and Reem uh, as the uh, Abilil, uh, as the only English speaking press in a lot of her press conferences. But um, she's been very relaxed. She's working hard on on the mental side of her game. Uh, really wants to do well at the majors. And I thought it was so interesting today because when we asked her about that first set bagel, she said, "You know what? I came out too relaxed." And you never hear a player say that they took, like, a main show court with a shot to get into the quarterfinals, being like, man, I was kind of a little too chilled out. So I thought that that was really interesting. Followed up and asked her about it, and and she said, well, you know, I I just – it was almost the flip side. She had been trying to play relaxed but had been tense in her previous few matches. But this time she swung the needle a little bit too far the other way. It was just a little too chilled out, maybe a little too Canary Islands-esque, um, <laughs> as she described uh, uh, Canary, folks from the Canary Islands being more relaxed than anybody in Spain and happy people and stuff. So maybe it's just in her blood to, to reach a different level of chill um, than the rest of us. But, um, it's probably a good thing overall. Yeah, no, I think that's a very good thing overall. But yeah, so I think, you know, I think that if she were healthy, I'd, I'd, I'd probably rate her chances a little bit better. Um, Dari Gavrilova, I mean, obviously fantastic week for her, no matter how it ended. Um, you know, but I think at the end of the day, you know, I, I shot this tweet out, um, that, you know, one of the lessons of the day was you had a lot of youngsters going up against veterans and they got all hype and they got all, you know, stoked and whatever. And the vets stayed chill and the vets like battled it out. It was kind of all four matches today. Exactly. Every single one of them, all the way down to, from Benchich and, uh, uh, Gavrilova and Serena. Uh, Serena yeah. Gaspar, Gasparian. I mean, they, they came in, they thought that they might have a chance and you just saw veterans just like wait them out. Not so much Serena. She just blasted through Gasparian, but, um, 
And I think that that is a lesson to learn. You know, I'm, I'm all for, you know, people finding different routes to success. I think that that's an important thing. People need to find their way. But on this point in particular, it's universal. Yeah. And I that can... you need to you need to rein it in on court. And this applies to the men's side as well. I mean, you know, yeah, a sure. lot of the conversation about Kyrgios and, and yep. whether or not his tantrums impact his game. Yep. And you look at how the maturation of Novak Djokovic, Andy Murray, and Roger Federer as three players who maybe were a bit, you know, kind of nutso uh, when they were younger and have matured and kept things relatively calm compared to then uh, now. So it's boring works. Yeah. Boring it really works. does. As much as, is that what Borna Chorich's tattoo says? What does it say? It says, like, <laughs> there's nothing worse than being normal or something like that. Something, something ordinary. Ordinary. So I'm like, chill out, millennial. <laughs> there are a lot of worse <laughs> things than just being ordinary. If you have an ordinary life, you're okay. You're doing pretty good. You're doing pretty good. That's like, par is not actually a bad thing. Par for the course, perfectly good score. <laughs> Let's hope we hit par on this podcast, and we'll say bye to you from day seven of the Australian Open. Thank you for listening to this show. If you want to follow along with us when you're not listening, you can do so. Uh, follow us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash NCR podcast. Send us your questions, no challenges remaining, at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on your podcast feeds, including iTunes. Uh, and you can leave us reviews on iTunes. We like all of that. Do you want to do you have any? Now that we've been here a week, Courtney, I'm wondering if you have any, if you have any rant built up in yourself. Oh, I have so many rants. Um, <laughs> but. Um... So my primary rant is just, like, don't spit in buckets that other people are sitting next to. <laughs> that seems specific. It's so specific, but it keeps happening to me here. Oh, you're sitting next to a trash can. I'm sitting next to a trash can. This is the desk in, in the, the press center that has Your always been given to me. Brutal. It sucks. I don't like it. I need to finally put a note in and say, please don't sit me at this desk. Um, but it's next to a trash bin, and there is a Spanish journalist who keeps hacking, and everybody's, like, having issue with it. He's already coughing like crazy, and he's always doing this. And every once in a while, he stands up and walks over to my trash can and spits in it and walks Ugh. away. Ugh. And it's just brutal. And now Ugh. I've seen him, like, walk to other trash cans, like other ones, and do it. Maybe he saw, he noticed I was subtweeting him. It's possible. <laughs> but And then another one of my friends. Were you subtweeting him on Twitter or with your face? Both. Every, okay. I, every time he stands up, because he keeps doing it, and I don't notice until it's too late to call him out for it. But I keep, every time I see him out of the corner of my eye standing up, I, like, eye him to, like, wait to see if he does it, because I'm going to yell at him. But... Like, what is that? And also, Marta, our good friend who writes for La Vanguardia. We'll have her on at some point soon. Who's amazing. She said that she saw him spitting in the press conference room. Okay. Yes. Like, on the ground. Oh, no. That is some bullshit. I'm sorry. Like, this is not a fucking barn. This is a place of work. I just, it drives me absolutely nuts. And you'll, this you'll guy to, is going to get it from me, I assure to, you. You'll have to tell me who this is so we can forward them this link. This is a rant which rented at one person. Don't mind. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything to follow up with that. No one, there's been no barnyard behavior around me. Um, uh, rant, rave. Mm. Wow, aren't you all chilled out? I'm, aren't you Carlos Suarez Navarro these days? I think I'm kind of good. I, I got nothing. Okay. I, I, I mean, that also means I have no, like, huge, you know, positives in my life. Right. I'm just flat. You're basically sedated. I'm basically sedated. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Leave it at that. I'm dead inside, but in a nice way. Australia. <laughs> Bye, guys. You make me fucking sick to my stomach.